As the Veterans Health Administration attempts to recover from recent revelations of excessively long wait times and its systematic cover-up of the problems, health policy experts have been proposing different solutions. One of the more radical proposals is for the Department of Veterans Affairs to get out of the healthcare delivery business altogether. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with William Weeks, a senior research scientist at the Dartmouth Institute and a professor of psychiatry and of community and family medicine at Dartmouth's Geisel School of Medicine. Dr. Weeks co-authored a perspective article on a possible exit strategy for the VA. Dr. Weeks, many people might imagine that the recent VA problems stem in part from an expansion of the veteran population, an expansion that might overwhelm a system that was previously known for efficient, high-quality care. Where did that view come from, and how valid is it? It's not clear to me that that's an entirely valid assumption. Indeed, if you look at veteran projections and even recent numbers of veterans over the years, the numbers have been declining. What has changed is the effort of the VA to enroll veterans into the VA healthcare system. And that effort has indeed increased the number of enrollees and slightly increased the number of users over the recent past. But actually, if you look forward over the next 20 years at projections, unless there's going to be a massive ground war that we can't anticipate at this point, the number of veterans anticipate to decline pretty substantially. And in fact, you point out in your article that many current veterans don't actually use the VHA much, if at all, for their health care. What then is the profile of the typical veteran who does use it today? The profile of the currently using veterans are people who tend to be poor and tend to be disabled, primarily disabled from their military service. So when you look at the actual numbers of veterans who use the VA system, they're poor, they have high so-called service-connected disabilities, and they have less access to other forms of health care. However, as we do point out in the article, over 95% of veterans age 65 and older have access to generally Medicare, and even among the younger age groups, those around 20 to 65, they're covered, about 75% or so of them are covered by other forms of health insurance. And that's actually before the ACA has gone into effect. So one could anticipate that even more of those are going to be covered. So the challenge is really that the VA has been there as a brick-and-mortar system for veterans over the past 70 years or so, but its kind of relevance to veterans is waning, particularly as new insurance forms have grown, as insurance through Medicare has become available, and now the ACA, of course, is expanding that even further. And you note, in fact, that for veterans who do have dual coverage, the VA doesn't do a great job of coordinating care. Is that a new problem, or is that just more visible given the current efforts in the entire U.S. health system to foster coordination? I'm not sure that that's a unique problem to the VA. I think there's a lot of problems with care coordination. I I think the challenge is that when you have two systems of care and you see that veterans will use the VA some and and other health care systems as well, that it kind of augments the opportunity for disjointed care and problems with care coordination. And what we have found is even those, you know, veterans who use the VA are still only partially reliant on it. There are very few veterans who use the VA exclusively. Most veterans who are enrolled, actually, they have these other insurers, and they also use non-VA care much more than they do VA care. President Obama recently signed a $16 billion bill that aims to improve VA health care. Can you tell us a bit about that law and where you think it will lead us? Sure. 
as I understand it, that law has kind of two components. One is to expand the numbers of physicians and even build some additional hospitals. So it will kind of intensify the brick and mortar aspect of the VA. The other aspect is to allow veterans who lived at a distance from access to VA care or who have to wait a long time to get care in the community. Now, to be honest, that latter has already existed for a really long time in the VA through the so-called fee-service mechanism. And the challenge there is there are many hoops that veterans need to jump through to get access to that care. So to me, that's not going to be all that helpful. Maybe it will improve access, but if you've already got a show now that you've got, you live at a distance and you can't get access access through the VA then makes it kind of, uh, I guess I don't buy it that much that that will be very used. The concern I have with the former aspect is that it's just going to expand the problem. And as the paper shows, the cost of care per patient, and recall these patients are really getting a partial health care benefit. They're not getting a full health care benefit because a lot of their care is occurring outside of the VA. And a lot of the care that occurs outside of the VA is really expensive care, like high-risk uh, procedures, cabbage, knee replacements, things like that. So the VA is providing some care, but they're providing uh, some of the less expensive care in general for that population. So, so the problem with adding, you're just adding uh, more hospitals and more providers, which is kind of entrenching the system as it currently is. And it's not clear to me that that system works all that well. There are every decade there's another scandal within the VA. And one has to wonder, while that's one solution is to add more of the same, to kind of rethink what might VA do to actually better care for its veteran population. And there, I think the idea might be to use those funds. $16 billion is going to be a lot of money when they got a $60 billion annual budget. So it's going to be a big addition that's going to be a cost to taxpayers when there's a declining veteran population. Instead of using the money that way, might it be smarter to think about how you could coordinate a VA benefit with existing other benefits that, as we already mentioned, most of these veterans have. So maybe, particularly for poor people, like a number of the veterans who use the VA, if you could subsidize their co-payments and their out-of-pocket payments and their co-insurances, they would probably be better off. And the care that they get might be more coordinated if it's within a single system. And VA might actually design the benefits so that they could steer patients to the higher quality, higher value healthcare systems that exist out there. And so the veterans would be better off. Their outcomes might be better. And the VA could have this kind of leverage its current role. Half of the VA is really in benefits and they they have some experience providing benefits and managing benefits. They could leverage that role to actually focus on what's needed by their constituent group instead of just kind of adding more to the same. In a nutshell, what you would propose is that the VA gradually transition out of healthcare delivery I think you say perhaps beginning with high-cost inpatient care and start subsidizing veterans' use of other forms of insurance. What forces do you see lining up against that kind of shift? Oh, I think there are quite a number of forces. Uh, I've proposed a similar kind of idea in the past, and people see this as a slippery slope for the VA to kind of become less and less relevant. And what I'm suggesting is the VA take a different tact to actually maintain their relevance by being a care coordinator and an insurance coordinator that really help these veterans. So that's one of it. The entrenchment of you know the, the current way that things are done 
and people would uh, see their turf being eroded away. That would be obviously a problem. So there would be political barriers. There's already this solution that's out there now to add all this money to VA that would have to be somewhat undone. But what I would really suggest is that there be a pilot program to test this, to see, you know, do veterans like this better? Would they like to have access to care that's around the corner as opposed to 40 or 50 miles away? Would they like to have a full complement of care provided at their health care system, or do they prefer going to multiple different places to get the care that they need and want? Would they like to have lower out-of-pocket costs and lower expenses in gasoline and travel time and things like that, time off of work to get the care that they need and want? These are the things I think we should evaluate and kind of look at it methodologically and understand what could be the impact on veterans if we thought this through a little more carefully. Just to pick up on one point, you suggest that the VA continue coordination of care, coordination of insurance in this new model. But as we discussed a few moments ago, you don't think the VA is doing a great job of that at the moment. So what would change? What I would really propose is that the VA use its health services research capacity, which looks at VA care and at non-VA care, incorporate that knowledge into the benefits design to direct patients to highest quality care and actually take on a care coordination role. That would be a new role. It's a role that the VBA, the Veterans Benefits Association, kind of has some expertise in. But I think you're right. The VA itself currently, there's no evidence it's overly works on overly coordinated care across healthcare systems. So this would be a new role, and I think investment in that kind of role would be a much smarter long-term one, because in 20 years, the number of veterans is going to be substantially lower, and I don't know what you're going to do with all these buildings and all these physicians that you're hiring now then. A final question. As we talk about shutting down VA healthcare in large measure, are there things that the Veterans Health Administration has done particularly well that you think could provide models for the rest of our healthcare system? Absolutely. And I think even in the article, I, I say, well, you know, maybe we, you shut it down. Maybe they keep some uh, component of care, like primary care. They do exceptionally well. Uh, psychiatry, and perhaps I'm biased, I'm a psychiatrist, but the mental health care that they do is, is really quite good, and it has a much better benefit than, for instance, Medicare. The trauma work that the VA does is pretty darn good. And so I, I think you, you kind of cherry pick, and maybe the VA does those things. And indeed, maybe the VA as, as a whole takes a somewhat different role there, too, and can work within the ACA to be a provider of those care components, which it does exceptionally well, to non-veterans. And, and as you can see in the article, VA is increasingly providing some treatment to non-veterans, so maybe that would be a natural growth aspect for them. Thank you, Dr. Weeks.